You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. You know by now, patrons heard this episode first. To join our Patreon, click the link in the show notes or the link in our Instagram bio. Patrons get to enjoy a bonus episode every month. They also get to enjoy a shout out on an episode as well as early release. Murder Diaries Patreon besties get to hear regular weekly episodes at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Tuesdays. For this week's episode, we'd like to give a big shout out to our newest Patreon bestie, M. Hey, I'm Paige. And I'm Natalie. We're the hosts of the Murder Diaries podcast. We bonded over tacos and true crime after we matched on Bumble BFF. You know, like any normal millennial using an app to meet new friends. Every Thursday, we upload a new episode. In each episode of the Murder Diaries, we tell true crime one story at a time. One week, it's my turn. And the next week, it's mine. When 33-year-old Jared Bridegan is ambushed on a Florida back road, the only witness to the crime is his two-year-old daughter. As authorities and the family team up in their search for the person or persons responsible for the targeted killing, national tabloids have uncovered troubling details surrounding the acrimonious divorce and custody battle between Jared and his ex-wife, prompting growing suspicions about the ex's possible involvement. However, that's all that they are right now, suspicions. So the question remains, who killed Jared Brightigan? This is his story. You still think it's in my head, but I'm walking with the dead. Despite his shyness, Jared Galen Brightigan was well-known and loved in his Jacksonville, Florida community, an area he'd called home since he was a child, growing up with his parents, Gaylord and Joanne Brightigan, and his three siblings, Ashley, Justin, and Adam. As a young adult, he explored his quote-unquote longtime interest in videography while studying at the Douglas Anderson School of the Arts and while earning his 2014 Bachelor's of Science in Digital Media with an emphasis in cinema production from Utah Valley University. And as it turns out, that interest served him well when he entered the workforce, eventually earning the titles of Chief Technology Officer at Clean Simple Eats and that of Senior Design Manager at Microsoft. Neighbors knew Jared to be skilled and helpful in the area of home improvement, a topic his sister reflected on in her conversation with the Deseret publication. She's proud as she remembers her brother's willingness to always lend a helping hand to his fellow Floridian, saying, quote, My brother was the one that the entire neighborhood went to for tools to help for projects around the house and they absolutely loved him. He was the first one to serve. Anyone could go to him for help with projects or to fix things, and he dropped everything to help them. But to truly understand who Jared Brightigan was, you have to know that his life's highest purpose was his role of family man, husband to Kirsten, and father of four beautiful children, 10-year-old twins with his ex-wife Shana Gardner-Fernandez, and two daughters from his second marriage to Kirsten Brightigan. Jared truly tried his best to be a good dad, 
and it sounds like he was one of the best. He was reflective in his parenting, gave each child individual time, and he actively channeled all of his creativity and imagination into making beautiful memories with his family as a whole. Something Paige and I learned because we were fortunate enough to speak with Kirsten back in June after she reached out to the murder diaries. We spoke for a long time and listened as she shared stories about Jared as a father of four. And as I was writing my notes for today's case, I thought about summarizing these memories for our listeners. But nothing I could write would ever do them justice because they're not mine to tell. So who better to share them with our listeners than someone who was there? With Kirsten's permission, here are clips from our conversation. Every time it would rain in Florida, it rains a lot here, and we're stuck inside going stir crazy, he came up with the tradition of making little boats out of toothpicks and hot glue. So we'd all make a little tiny toothpick boat and we would float it down like where the curb curb is, the road meets the curb, float it down the water um, and see whose who's boat, you know, went the fastest. Little things like that. He was always coming up with stuff, very creative. Um, he'd come up with random activities all the time. I mentioned this in other interviews. I don't know if you've seen it, but literally the week before um, he died, he had turned our garage into a laser tag maze. So he like hung tarps and blankets from the ceiling. I don't even know how. Um, And the kids had to like loop around and find like this trophy at the end. And if they made it and didn't get shot by him in the garage with a Nerf gun, then, you know, they won. And he had like smoke machines and all that. So as a dad, he just channeled all that creative energy into like, let's make some awesome memories as a family. And sometimes it drove me nuts. I'm like, I don't know why you're spending like six hours, like building something that's literally going to last. 20 minutes. Um, and then we have to clean it up, but looking back, I'm really glad that he did do all of those things for the kids. That's what I want people. I want, I don't want him to just, like I want people to know who he was and it's hard. I struggle with that. I'm like in the early interviews and like, tell us about Jared. I'm like, I, I didn't even know what to say. Like I couldn't say anything. So I'm like, I don't know how to summarize my husband into a, two sentences or two seconds that you're going to air on TV. Like, it's just, it's difficult. And that's why like, I'm reaching out to people like you who can help people know. That brings us to Wednesday, February 16th, 2022 just six months ago at the time of this recording. It's a little before 8 p.m. as Jared makes the 30-minute drive to his home in St. Augustine from Shana's house after one of his bi-weekly date nights with his twins. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. 
You'll not only feel better, but sleep better too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. As a reminder, Shana was Jared's ex-wife. So let's talk a little bit more about what these bi-weekly meetings or date nights were. Sure. Per their custody agreement, Jared and his ex-wife Shana get the twins every other week. And during his off weeks, Jared would see them on Wednesdays for a quote-unquote date night. Date night evenings typically included dinner and dessert or dinner and an activity. And on this particular date night, Jared spent time with three of his four kids, the twins and his two-year-old daughter with Kirsten, while Kirsten and their seven-month-old stayed home. Now, it's around this time that Jared calls his wife, Kirsten, wanting to let her know that he'd be home soon. Kirsten's on the other line with one of her brothers when Jared beeps in. She merges the calls and the three adults chat for a bit before the brother makes his exit, leaving Jared and Kirsten on the line. Kirsten recalls Jared sounded happy as he recounted the good night he shared with the twins and his two-year-old daughter, who's strapped in her car seat in the row behind him. In discussion with the Daily Beast, Kirsten remembers at one point their daughter's little voice chimed into the conversation saying, Mom, I got ice cream. Overall, the phone call was brief and ended with Jared telling Kirsten, I'm almost home, see you soon. Little did she know that that was the last time she'd ever speak with Jared again. Because minutes later, he would come across a tire in the middle of the tree-lined Florida road he was driving down the same desolate route he always took to and from his ex-wife's home. This section of Sanctuary Boulevard is so narrow that there was no way for Jared's Volkswagen Atlas to drive around the tire. So he had to move it in order to keep driving in the direction of his home. So he parks, puts on his hazards, and exits the SUV. When he's ambushed by an unknown assailant who fatally shoots him four times at close range. The whole attack is over in seconds. Three minutes later, a passerby happens on the scene, finding Jared's lifeless body on the ground by the vehicle and his two-year-old daughter unharmed and still strapped into her car seat. Authorities race to the scene, arriving quickly. And that's when they notice nothing was stolen from Jared. He still has his wallet, his phone, the vehicle is still on the scene, which allows them to rule out robbery as a motive. Next, the tire's placement leads investigators to believe that it was left in the middle of the road in order to lure Jared from his car, giving the attacker a clear shot in what is now being referred to as a targeted killing. A setup. Exactly. Whether by luck or design, no surveillance cameras filmed the shooting. However, a ring surveillance camera in a nearby neighborhood captured the four loud bangs in quick succession which later were identified as the gunshots that killed Jared. As all of this is happening, Kirsten's still at home with the baby. She's expecting Jared to be home around 8.15 because of where he was when they chatted on the phone. But she begins to worry when he's still not home by 8.30, feeling something is off. She peered her head down the road by their home, hoping to see headlights coming. Except there aren't any. That's when she begins calling and texting Jared, only to be met with no response. Anxiety mounting, Kirsten gets in her car and drives around looking for Jared, for their car, for their daughter, something. Praying that this is all one big misunderstanding when one of her frantic phone calls finally goes through. 
The man on the other end isn't Jared, though. Instead, it's a police officer instructing her to head to the Jacksonville Beach Police Department immediately. She begs the man for answers, wanting to know what's going on. Where Jared is, is her daughter okay? But only the question about her daughter is answered. Kirsten races to the police station, only to be forced to wait in the lobby until a female officer escorts her out. The officer takes Kirsten to a break room where her two-year-old daughter sits at a table wrapped in a blanket with a coloring book in front of her. Overcome with the sight of her daughter, Kirsten runs to the toddler and scoops her up into her arms. And now that they've been reunited, she's desperate to know what's going on, where Jared is, and if he's okay. Again, she's instructed to wait. Minutes tick by at a glacial rate when an officer finally escorts Kirsten to another room in the back. And it's in this dingy little room that Kirsten learns Jared has been murdered. Kirsten recalled the heartbreaking moment telling the Daily Beast, quote, Honestly, my hearing seemed to go. I felt like I was going to throw up. I remember looking around the room for a trash can like I might throw up. And I didn't see one. I think I put my head in my hands like this can't be real. She later added that the rest of the night was a blur. In the days following Jared's murder, Kirsten struggled to come to terms with her new reality and the fact that her toddler witnessed the grisly crime. The family takes it day by day, but some days are especially difficult to get through. Kirsten shared with Inside Edition that her daughter, quote, remembers the sound of the gunshots. She often refers to them as the boom, 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 adding that the two-year-old also remembers her dad being on the ground. In a social media post, Kirsten also shared footage from inside her home that captured a heartbreaking moment between her and her daughter as they sit on the floor of her room. Here's the audio from the clip. According to Kirsten's interview with Inside Edition, her daughter says, quote, things like that often. And it breaks my heart as a mother that my own daughter, my two-year-old, is trying to comfort me when she's one of the biggest victims in this. On top of dealing with the grief of losing her husband and the trauma her daughter experienced, Kirsten has struggled with the pieces left over from Jared's complicated relationship with his ex-wife, the mother of his two oldest children. For example, on February 24th, a week after Jared's murder, 12 days to be exact, Shayna and Kirsten got into a dispute via text regarding Jared's funeral. Kirsten offered to escort the twins to and from their father's service because Shayna wasn't invited to attend. However, Shayna was super unhappy about the snub and in return refused to let the children participate in this service without her. And in the end, they decided to host their own memorial event for the twins. The same evening, Shayna emailed Kirsten asking to return library books one of the twins had left at the house, writing, quote, you can drop them off at any public library and they will return them to Miss Stacy or return them to the school directly. Eight minutes after that email, Shayna sent Kirsten another, this time asking for Jared's death certificate, a move that has been referred to as, quote, highly unusual by noted New York City-based defense lawyer Todd Spodick, who isn't involved in the case, but he specializes in matrimonial law. I think it'll be helpful here if we get into what this email actually said. Here's what she wrote. My attorney has requested a copy of Jared's death certificate for the family court. 
you can send it to me or to him and his paralegal directly, whichever you prefer. Whether that email was a misunderstanding or not, I think we can all agree that it comes across as cruel. Because let's remember, this is 12 days after Jared's murder. Kirsten never responded to that email. But it didn't matter in the long run because Shana's lawyer was able to get a copy of Jared's death certificate, which as Fox News put it, is, quote, the final entry on the docket for his divorce and custody case that spanned six years with Shana. Hearing stories like that, it's no surprise there are plenty more just like it, especially throughout Jared and Shana's bitter divorce and contentious custody battle. Something that national news outlets learned and as a result began to run a, quote, series of unflattering stories, which in turn raised questions over whether Shana is involved in Jared's murder. When asked if she believes his ex-wife had something to do with it, Kirsten told Inside Edition, quote, I'm not comfortable saying yes, definitely, unless there's evidence to back that up. But I believe her actions since his murder have been very suspicious and they don't sit well with me. To add a little more context to all of this, we have to go back and talk about Jared and Shana's marriage and the legal battles that followed. Jared and his first wife, Shana Gardner-Fernandez, who back then was just Shana Gardner, first crossed paths in 2009 when Shana was in Jacksonville, Florida, visiting a friend. Despite living in different states thousands of miles away from one another, Jared in Florida and Shana in Utah, the two 20-somethings fell hard and fast. So it was no surprise when they tied the knot a year later in April 2010 in what the New York Post refers to as a, quote, extravagant ceremony at the Salt Lake City Temple. The newlyweds began married life in Highland, Utah, Shana's hometown. And according to the New York Post, once again, Shana's parents, Sterling and Shelley Gardner, who are prominent members of the Utah Mormon community, financially supported the young couple, buying them an $800,000 home down the street from their own home, two Mercedes, one for Shana and one for Jared, along with a monthly stipend of $8,500 and a $100,000 business loan. That is a lot of money, and the court of public opinion has got to be asking, what is going on here? Well, it seems that both Shana and Jared struggled to secure jobs after getting married. Turns out that Shana is actually the daughter or quote-unquote heiress, as one publication refers to her, to the successful craft empire known as Stampin' Up. Sterling and Shelley founded Stampin' Up. It's a company with over $100 million in annual revenue. It seems that since they were financially secure and had the money, that they wanted to help their kids out. It wasn't long before the couple expanded their family, welcoming twins, a girl and a boy. According to the Daily Beast, their son was diagnosed with pulmonary hypertension, a heart condition, quote, requiring him to live at sea level. This prompted the new family of four to pick up their lives and move across the country to Connecticut. Of course, the move was for the health of their son, but... Jared also saw it as an opportunity to start fresh as he began to build a business of his own, dreaming of creating a beautiful, comfortable life for his family. But as the New York Post reports, the marriage began to fall apart not long after their arrival in Connecticut. Multiple resources suggest that it was due to Shana's growing frustration with Jared, who'd gained weight and whose sole focus was getting his new business off the ground. The couple continued to struggle. However, Jared was eager to make his marriage work, persuading Shana to make yet another move, this time to Jacksonville, Florida, bringing them back to his hometown and where their relationship started. 
Plus, not only would they be near the Bridegan side of the family, but it'd be easier for Jared as he earned his master's degree from the Savannah College of Art and Design. The four Bridegans soon settled into another $800,000 home and into their new lives as Florida residents. But the couple's happiness was short-lived because the move couldn't solve the growing differences between Shayna and Jared. Both the New York Post and Fox News report that it's around this time that Shayna officially stepped away from her Mormon faith, choosing to distance herself from the LDS church. Meanwhile, Jared remained steadfast and firm in his faith. Their shared beliefs were one of the foundations of their marriage, and without it, their relationship was in trouble. The change became a, quote, major point of contention between Jared and Shayna, according to Fox News leaving Jared to wonder how they could patch their marriage if they couldn't see eye to eye about something so critical to who they are as individuals. He would later learn that the answer was simple. They couldn't. After that, Shayna continued to pull away emotionally, checking out of the relationship months before it officially ended. Jared did his best to salvage his marriage, even buying Shayna sessions with a private trainer as a Christmas gift, which turned out to majorly backfire on him. Their marriage hit its breaking point when Jared found emails detailing the events of Shayna's months-long affair with her CrossFit personal trainer, an allegation that Shayna denies to this day, despite the trainer publicly confirming the extramarital relationship. When Jared confronted his wife with this information, she told him that she no longer loved him, a statement she'd go on to repeat in court after filing for divorce and calling the marriage irretrievably broken listening to this, it's hard to not wonder how Jared was at this point. He was shattered, heartbroken, gutted even. It'd be easy to speculate that's how he felt, but there's proof. Thanks to the Daily Beast, we can peek inside Jared's head and see how he's feeling at the time through some Facebook Messenger conversations where he shared his feelings surrounding the events with a friend. Here's what he wrote. Quote, in the past three months, Shayna has become really distant and gotten emotionally attached to her personal trainer at the gym and is now divorcing me. But she has her agency, so I just need to move on and find someone to be my best friend again, you know? In the months and weeks that followed, Jared continued to lean on loved ones during this time, telling the same friend in another conversation via Facebook Messenger, quote, to never get divorced, explaining that it's, quote, literally the hardest thing I'll ever do. It's emotionally and physically the worst thing in the world to hear your eternal companion be like, yeah, I'm out, see you later. Shayna, on the other hand, coped in her own way, finding herself and a new community at the gym and a local tattoo parlor. Some of our listeners may be wondering if this was the same gym that her personal trainer worked at. And were Shayna and this personal trainer still together at this point? Yes and no. Even though Shayna's romance with the personal trainer was short-lived, she made a second home for herself at that same gym. She made friends and ended up teaching classes there at one point too. As for the tattoo parlor, it seems that Shayna began frequenting it around the end of her marriage and onward. She spent a lot of time in the shop, growing close to the regulars and staff alike as she got tattoos and piercings in extremely intimate areas. And because she was always there, the details of her acrimonious divorce were common knowledge, and so were her complaints about her soon-to-be ex-husband. But Shayna didn't stop at complaints. 
Reports have come out about an instance where Shayna ended a tirade about Jared by asking a staffer if he knew anyone who could help her, quote, shut him up, as in put a hit on Jared, the father of her two children. None of the resources have more details other than that. So we don't know what else was said. However, it definitely raised eyebrows. And given what's happened to Jared, it's a statement people aren't willing to forget now. When asked about the comment in 2022, Shayna acknowledged that she did in fact say it, but she played it off as a joke. We know at this point that Shayna was clearly unhappy and that she and Jared were actively divorcing, but what's the status on that at this point in the timeline? Well, after more than a year of litigation, the divorce is finalized in 2016. However, the legal war between the once happily married couple rages on. Moving from bitter divorce proceedings to a nasty custody battle that would last a total of six years. Both sides fought tooth and nail for sole custody of the twins and for, quote, exclusive occupancy of the Jacksonville home where they still lived together in the months following the split. But those weren't the only points of contention the exes brought to court. With over 300 entries and motions, Jared and Shayna made filings ranging from where to send the twins to school to even more serious accusations regarding, quote, mental and financial manipulation. The Daily Beast recounts a number of accusations filed by both parties. Here are a few that stuck out to me. One particular accusation brought forth by Shayna stated that Jared acted in a disturbing and abusive behavior, including regularly interrogating and recording the twins after actively coaching them on what to say. These are allegations that Jared wholeheartedly denied, countering that Shayna installed surveillance devices in the children's bedrooms and even in his car, on top of treating him in a disparaging manner in front of the children. Allegations that Shayna in turn denied. The filings continued back and forth, day after day, week after week, and year after year. At one point, Jared was forced to quit a lucrative out-of-state job at a software startup company because he didn't want to, quote, risk losing custody of his kids in any way, as claimed by his former boss and friend, Nate Sanders, who only had positive things to say about Jared during his time at the company and in their interactions following Jared's departure. Nate remembers Jared as, quote, an incredibly positive and incredibly kind coworker who was driven by the love he had for his kids. A statement that's been repeated about Jared in every resource that I've seen. Upon his return to Florida, Jared once again began putting his life together, getting a job, a place to call home, reconnecting with the twins, and even dating. He was at a new place in his life where he wasn't about to let his soured marriage, contentious relationship with his ex-wife, and ongoing legal battles scare him from rejoining the dating pool, which he did by using dating apps like Bumble and Tinder. Unfortunately, things didn't go great at first. He went on a number of dates that didn't go anywhere. He just didn't feel a spark with anyone. In fact, Jared shared with a friend that he, quote, felt like he hadn't found somebody that he could really connect with. But he continued dating and something changed in early 2017 when he matched with a Microsoft employee named Kirsten from Charlotte, North Carolina. Kirsten, who reminisced about those early days with Jared in conversation with Paige and me, describes an instant draw the two felt with one another. Jared and Kirsten spent 
hours talking on the phone before they ever met in person. And for the first date, Jared made the six-hour drive from Florida to North Carolina. From then on, the two were crossing state lines almost every weekend to see each other. So Kirsten began working remotely, moved to Florida, and married the love of her life a few months later in October 2017. Here's what Kirsten had to say about getting to know and eventually falling in love with Jared. And as a reminder, this clip is from our conversation with Kirsten in June 2022. So we had four kids, um, two, the two oldest are twins, boy, girl, twin. So I met, when I met Jared, I met them a little ways down the road. Um, but he never tried to hide the fact that he was a single dad. Um, just was really proud of them. Uh, was just so excited when I first got to meet them. And then we do like family dates. Um, we, we, so I don't know how much you've looked into it, but we met when I was in North Carolina and he was here in Florida. So we dated long distance, just took turns traveling back and forth. And so whenever he had the kids, he would either bring them up with him or I would drive down on those weekends. Um, and we just, you know, go to the zoo or go to a museum or just play at the park. Um, really just focused on spending time with the kids in a way that they would have fun and want to. So those are some fond memories, just getting to know him as a dad. You know, like you don't you don't usually get that in a relationship. Usually you get to know the person and then you have children together and get to see them as a parent. I got I got to do both. I got some weekends to get to know him as an individual and some weekends to get to know him as a dad. Jared and Kirsten waited, quote, just over a year before having kids, before welcoming two daughters, the first born in August 2019 and the youngest born in August 2021. Nothing gave Jared more joy than living life with Kirsten and his four kids. But that's not to say there weren't tough days for the father of four. Unfortunately, Jared and Shana's legal battle remained ongoing, despite them both now being remarried. Kirsten remarked on Jared's custody battle experience, telling the Daily Beast, quote, all you want to do is move forward with life and focus on being a family. Adding that the constant court battles cause, quote, stress. It causes, you know, stress about going to court. With one of the most contentious fights occurring in June 2021, here's what happened. Shayna and her new husband had plans to take the twins on vacation in an area with a high altitude. But remember that their son has pulmonary hypertension, a heart condition that requires him to remain at sea level. Well, when it's not possible to stay at sea level, the son requires a breathing machine, of which they have two, a bulkier machine that was inconvenient to travel with, kept at Shana's, and a compact machine that stayed at Jared's. Turns out Shana didn't get to use the small machine for the vacation. And in response, submitted a filing about the incident, with her lawyer writing, quote, the father apparently considers his vindictiveness toward the mother more important than protecting his son's health and life. Adding that Jared was, quote, more concerned with humiliating the mother than he is in making sure his own child does not die. The presiding judge ruled in Shana's favor months later in November 2021, just four months before Jared's death. That judge also ruled that Jared had to pay Shana $571 and granted her exclusive use of the smaller machine. I wanted to share all that with you so that you understood why the court of public opinion is speculating so much about Shana's possible involvement. Yeah, but make no mistake that Shana's had her time to explain her side as well in two separate interviews with local media outlets where she denies any involvement in Jared's murder. 
and instead cast herself as a victim of harassment. The harassment is at the hands of local media outlets, and she claims that's the reason she had to retain services of a prominent criminal defense attorney named Henry Cox III, a move Kirsten and legal experts alike have questioned. In response to the speculation about Shana hiring legal counsel, her attorney released a statement saying, quote, to be clear, the ex-wife and her husband requested my assistance for the purpose of seeing if steps could be taken to protect her young twins from any publicity surrounding this tragic event. The family's interest in privacy has always been paramount, as difficult as it seems to be. As for any other reason for the family to have or need counsel, whether it be myself or anyone else, there is none, end quote. With that, we want to take the time to remind our listeners that no one has been publicly named a person of interest or suspect in Jared's murder investigation. That includes Shayna and her current husband. However, authorities are still on the lookout for the responsible party, and they do acknowledge that they've received, quote, hundreds of tips that have come in, all of which detectives are combing through piece by piece. One crucial lead investigators are following is a 2004 to 2008 blue Ford F-150 pickup truck. It was caught on security cameras near the scene at the time of the shooting. Both law enforcement and the family believe it could be involved and are asking for the public's assistance in locating it. Here's what Kirsten had to say about it during our conversation. Outside of showcasing who he was with that beautiful clip and and, and keeping that in our episode, um, is there anything else we can do that would best help the case or you or anything? How can we support you in, in what yeah. you're doing? Best way to Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, the only thing we're going, like that's, I know the police are working on so many things behind the scenes, but the only thing that's public right now is that blue, it's a dark blue Ford F-150 four-door. There's a lot of details out there about it that they believe might be connected um, to it. Mm-hmm. So just spreading awareness about that truck, you know, and for the longest time when I would do an interview, I'd say, you know, please look for the truck, please call an attack. That's good and awesome. But part of me thinks like it's not going to be driven around. I feel yeah. like this truck has probably been burned. It's been in the bottom of the ditch. It's been mm-hmm. cut. Or they like it's hitting its appearance. Yeah. So now since, and since it's been so long, I'm like, this is probably more likely. Yeah. That it looks different or it's hidden somewhere. Okay. I would like people to think about, did you ever see one before? Like mm-hmm. a couple months back, like months ago, did your friend have one? Did your grandpa have one? You know, like whoever. Yeah. Did you used to see a truck that looked like that? And now you're realizing, oh man, I actually haven't seen that truck in a while. I think that might be a key yeah. piece of evidence if someone can recognize that they no longer see a truck like that and they can call the police and just say, hey, you know, like my coworker used to have one. I haven't seen it in a while. There's a $55,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of Jared Brightigan's killer. Anyone with information should contact the Jacksonville Beach Police Department at 904-270-1661 or First Coast Crime Stoppers at 1-866-845-TIPS. For the most up-to-date information on Jared's case, be sure to follow Kirsten on Instagram at justiceforjaredb. Before we end today's episode, I want to leave us with a quote that reminds us why coverage of ongoing cases is so important to the true crime community. 
Here's what Kirsten had to say in conversation with News for Jax. She said, quote, living without him is unimaginable. Sometimes I feel like we are just a spectacle. People don't realize that this is our reality every single day. We wake up every day and Jared is still not here. His car is not pulling into the driveway. This is real. Myself, four children, and an enormous amount of friends and family are all suffering every single day because of this. This is real. With that, this is where we'll leave this week's episode. Until our next episode, you know where to find us. At the Murder Diaries Pod on TikTok and Instagram, at the Murder Diaries Podcast.com, and the Murder Diaries Pod Request at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, go ahead and give us five stars. It helps us keep the good content flowing. And until then, stay safe. Bye. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.